Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast. I'm here today with Ryan Spear of Spear Travel Group. He is the founder and president of the company. Um, and as you all know, the past year, travel has been a little bit crazy. So uh, Ryan is here to kind of talk us through it. So thank you, Ryan, for, for taking the time to speak with me today and, and share your insights with our audience. Great to be here, Monica. Love, love to talk about travel. Yeah. So this past year, we've only been able to travel from our bedroom to the bathroom, to the living room, and, and maybe to the grocery store. Um, what has this past year brought for you in, in terms of your business and also personal travel? Sure. Yeah, you talk about one thing that you didn't expect or see coming when you started a travel business uh, a little over three years ago. It was a global pandemic, so uh, nobody really saw it coming. And, and I remember being in Miami in March of 2020. So this was right when it was kind of in Europe and moving its way over. And uh, I was down visiting hotels and doing site visits. And by the end of like the three days, people started like fist pumping and, you know, elbow shaking instead of handshaking. And I was like, oh, this is getting kind of real. Um, and got home and then two days later was, was locked down. So uh, as you can imagine, we had a, had a scramble. Our clients uh, who had things booked all over the world for the next you know, year or so, we had, to, we had to figure out how, how this was going to go. And, and the tough part was that we didn't know how long it was going to be. And it was difficult to advise people as to, you know, should you cancel? Should you take the money back? Should you do all of this? When, when, when should you reschedule? So the summer was not really enjoyable in terms of, uh, of my business. Uh, I will say that the saving grace was uh, we did escape from New Jersey. I felt like I was in, you know, uh, leaving in the middle of the night um, on, on the cloak of darkness, we took our, our three kids and got in the car for 20 hours straight to um, Naples, Florida, where uh, my in-laws live. And it was an awful car ride, as you can imagine. They were I think, six and then we've got twins that were three at the time. So it was, it was a bit of a challenge, but we got there and spent nearly two months in Florida uh, in you know, a community and so it was, it was good in, in that sense. We were able to kind of escape. We, we were, the kids were able to run around and, and stuff like that. Um, during that time, you know, it was just kind of maintaining, managing people and, and helping them to understand kind of what was happening as, as far as we knew. Um, but it was interesting. We came back up north to New Jersey in May. Um, I decided that we should ch check out a hotel just to see what it was like. Um, the Ritz-Carlton in Amelia Island, which is right at the border of Georgia and Florida, uh, was open and welcoming guests. And I thought, you know, what better way to talk to our clients than to experience it, right? So we went there with the family, our masks on, and of course all the staff had masks on, but it was pretty amazing even at that time uh, how little of the guests um, were adhering to, you know, masks and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was like the first step back into travel, I guess, after a couple months. So it didn't take me long, right? I'm a travel guy. Yeah. We have to get out there. Oh yeah. Um, but it was, it was so different. You know, it was really strange watching the kids and then, you know, having them go up to other kids and just saying like, oh, you know, give them space or asking the parents if it was okay, if they, you know, shared a toy or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. You can think about all those kind of things. So yeah. it was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy time in the beginning. And it got crazy, as you know. <laughs> I know. I, right before lockdown, I had just been to Arizona for almost a week. And it was gorgeous. And, you know, 
people I were there, I was there with, we kind of joked that, oh, what if this is it? You know, what if we get stuck here um, really before anything happened? And then when I got back, a friend and I had plans to go to Miami and, and fly privately. And I was like, you know, let's, let's wait a little while before we really book everything and, and see what, what happens. Cause the last thing I wanted was to be stuck in Miami. You don't want to ever be stuck in paradise. Right. Um, and we still have yet to go. <laughs> We're kind of aspiring to do it, but I am a very advantageous traveler. I, I love getting on a plane and just seeing what happens with a plan sometimes without a plan other times. Um, so how do you help your, your clients navigate the planned trips for the unplanned pandemic? Sure. Well, I, I would say now you want to plan uh, everything that there really isn't too much spur of the moment stuff that you should be doing because of you don't really know what to expect, especially internationally uh, traveling. Most, most of our uh, demand has, has been domestic throughout the pandemic, but now it's starting to, to spill into the Caribbean, other areas. But you know, what we do for our clients is really help them navigate through all of uh, not only these new you know, travel restrictions and requirements and all of that, but really navigate through all the information that's out there, right? Um, if you think of the journey of like the travel agency or travel advisor, as we like to be called now, um, back in the 80s, you know, you used to have to go to a travel agent to get a plane ticket, right? You either had to go to the physical office or you had to go to the airport. Um, and then as the internet came in, uh, that, that went away, uh, as well as the ticketing fees and the commission for agencies for airlines. So that was like the big first kind of blow to the industry. And then the second was obviously, you know, Google and Expedia and Priceline and all these online travel agencies. Um, so there's all this information out there, TripAdvisor, you know, every single review thing that you can look at. And it's really hard to cut through all that. You know, what, what's accurate? What's the real picture? When was that last review? Was it paid for? You know, did they actually stay there? Are they incentivizing them with a, with a free stay, whatever it might be? And so we help our clients navigate that and, and kind of cut through what's real, what's not, because we've got uh, a network of about 500 agents who, you know, have got thousands and thousands of clients. And then we've got uh, people on the ground all over the world that we can reach out to and say, hey, have you been to the such and such hotel? Does it actually look like that? When was the last time it was renovated? You know, give us the land. Is the neighborhood still the same? All of that kind of stuff. And um, that's the type of planning that we can help with. Um, we, we don't like to take away any of the fun. We say we leave the fun in the planning, but we take away the work. Uh, and, and it can be work. You, know, you can spend hours. I'm sure you've done it just and, and oh, yeah. like it. But then it gets to the point where like, this is annoying. You know, I'm spending yeah. too much time on this. I've got yeah. a real job and other stuff to do. Um, and so we help with that to, to navigate. And the nice part really is that our services, for the most part, are complementary to our clients because we get compensated through our supplier partners. Right. People don't realize that enough. You know, the, I, I've gone through travel agents and I, I didn't know until I was, you know, firmly told by a friend that it's basically a free service and you are paid by the supplier or the person that, um, you know, like the, the hotel owner or whatever, but mm -hmm. the price is not much more than you would pay on Expedia or Priceline. Yeah. And it's it usually a better experience yeah it's either going to be better the same or we can provide more value right we don't like to compete on price uh because that's not what we're going for right we're really going for that service and that value mm -hmm. I, I get it too if, if i see something and i offer it and you see the same thing for a hundred dollars less then then i've got to justify why it's a hundred dollars more or less right. right and if it's a time saving or added value or whatever it might be then um we're happy to communicate that but mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's it's something, you know, my parents never used a travel agent. Um, I hadn't used one prior to, you know, getting in the business. I came from the hotel side of the business for 15 years, you know, working in luxury hotels in New York City. And so um, we we worked with travel agencies and, and you know, sourcing agents that, that right. hotels for their clients and things like that. Um, but being on, on this side of it now, got a whole, whole other appreciation for the business. That's for sure. hundred percent. I've definitely helped my fair share of friends with their vacations and honeymoons, or if I was going somewhere, Hey, Monica, can I come with you? Because I knew it was going to be a great time, but it is so exhausting price comparing. I know you, you don't compete on price, but as a college student or a recent grad, that's yeah. where we were. Right. Um, and then just the experience and, and trying to make the most out of our time, um, offloading that to a travel agent two years ago for my last big trip was just amazing. I just showed up. There's yeah. something to be said about just showing up and knowing that it's taken care of and curated and wonderful. That's that's right. Yeah, vacation yeah. or a trip for the most part uh, is, is done for leisure. I mean, we do visit yeah. as well, and that's a different goal and, and a different mindset. But uh, for leisure, it's amazing how many people get stressed out uh, just about the planning process. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is supposed to be a non-stressful era. Let let us yeah. take that stress off, and then let us also be a, a an advocate and a resource for you, so you don't have to worry about calling the airline and changing or the hotel or yeah. whatever might happen. Just call us, and uh, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do that. So it's it's nice to be, um, you know, needed in in those ways. Of course, we want everything to go perfectly, but yeah, it's, it's a real world. Things happen. Well, yeah, especially in this past year, a lot of things have happened, right? Exactly. So, you know, on, on a, I guess, more serious, but yet fun point, what are some travel safety tips for the audience that you've seen in, in your travels? Well, I, as you can imagine, we got a lot of questions of, you know, is it safe to travel? Or, you know, I went on a trip, how was it? And um, basically, I always say it's not about the trip itself. So it's not about the airline, the flight, uh, the, the Uber there or the car, whatever. It's about what you do before the trip and, and what you do after you land, right? That's where, where the risk comes in. Um, and so you have to put yourself in a situation that, that you're comfortable with and that you feel you know, is at a certain level. So we help our clients find hotels uh, or you know, lodging or whatever that's either private or has the um, sort of cleanliness and requirements in place. Um, on the other hand, you know, especially now, there's the other side of this coin, right? Where people want to go where there are no restrictions. You know, I'm, I'm vaccinated or I've had it and I, I'm, I'm over this, you know? Mm-hmm. I go somewhere that, that I don't have to wear a mask inside. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. And, and we work with everybody with differing thoughts and opinions on this. And we, you know, we don't judge, we just advise based on, on their preferences. But yeah, you know, same thing, just always you know, distance if you can and wear a mask and everything else that, you know, is, is being advised out there is possible uh, when you're traveling. And that's what I think people don't, you know, realize that they feel like, and I don't know, I personally, I haven't looked at like, you know, the numbers. I remember that even in New Jersey where we live and, and other places, it's just about doing the things that are going to keep you safe. And if you're doing that, regardless of where you are, then you should stay safe. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how we've been, you know, telling our clients, but it's really, it's about comfort. And if it's going to stress you out more to go on a trip because you're worried about this or that, or somebody coughing, then we yeah. advise you not to go. Right. <laughs> right. Take right. Some, you're not ready yet, or just take a car ride, you know, go to the beach first. 
yeah. uh, or a, a national park or whatever it is, you know, don't yeah. get yourself in a, an air, airline and then into a, a resort where, you, where you're not going to feel comfortable. Right. The last thing you want is to get there and just stay in your room the entire time. Right. Yeah, there's been some horror stories uh, about people that have, uh, there was one particular couple that I met and this, I, I guess it was kind of COVID really, but it was more about the passport. And I think you mentioned yours, but uh, one thing we always advise, make sure you check the expiration date on your passport, right? They were supposed to go and meet, um, I don't know, five or six other couples in Tulum in Mexico. And two days before the trip, the husband looks at his passport, expired. So they realized they couldn't get out of the country essentially. Um, and so he had to scramble and he said, you know, my wife is gonna kill me, I've gotta do something. So he booked a last minute trip to Hawaii, which is <laughs> where I met them. And uh, he, he said, so we get to Hawaii and my COVID test doesn't come back in time. My wife's does, mine doesn't. So they don't allow us to stay in the same hotel room. She has to stay in a separate hotel room next to his hotel room. They wait for the results. By the time they get the results, it's timed out because you need to have it between uh, 72 hours before you know, your, your last leg of the flight or whatever. So to make this work, he ends up flying back to Los Angeles, gets a test in Los Angeles, flies to a different island to meet his wife again, and by that point, he had gotten the results and was able to meet her. I mean, this, you couldn't make this stuff. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, a very expensive vacation. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, man, that really could have all been avoided had you talked to somebody like me. But, yeah. um, you know, these, these things happen and uh, we just try and mitigate uh, it as best we can and, and make things go as smoothly as possible. That, that is a little bit sweat inducing when you see your passport's about to expire or that it has expired and I've, I've definitely been on both sides of that coin yeah, um, got your id right or your passport you know your heart just starts racing oh my gosh what am i gonna do i know i know a couple of years ago before my 30th birthday i had i counted seven spots left in my passport and i said i'm gonna fill them yeah. um but there's a, a rule or an unknown unspoken rule where if you are within a certain window you can't travel because mm -hmm. they don't want you to get stuck in that country so i had to prove that i had a return flight it was obviously from a different airport because i was country bouncing um but that was the craziest 17 days of my life yeah <laughs> and you know i was very grateful that they let me complete that on my old passport and i was partially afraid they were going to take it at the time um, because that that would be a lot of memories that i lose because that passport's been with me to all of those places right oh, um but I it was a little bit sweat inducing that they were going to deny me at the airport before I could even start my my amazing race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that would be a difficult time. So I know that, you know, Spear Travel Group is, is your company um, and there is obviously a social component to what you do. And I think travel and leisure has quite a reach on especially Instagram, obviously Facebook, um, TikTok. What are your experiences with growing your social for your company, um, you know, good or bad? What are your experiences over the past year or so? Sure. Yeah, so I mentioned we do both leisure travel and business travel. So as you can imagine, we reach our clients and customers in different ways. Uh, certainly on the business side, LinkedIn is predominantly, you know, where, where we are. Uh, I'm not, you know, Facebook friends with many, if not any of my corporate clients, uh, nor are they following me on Instagram or vice right. versa. 
but yeah, the, those other platforms that you mentioned, um, including you know YouTube for some video content that mm -hmm. we're starting to do, um, have been great. And they started out you know kind of small, and uh, we've been able to ramp it up a little bit more. Uh, Instagram is probably our our you know most successful um, social channel at this point. Uh, we started using private groups on Facebook, um, which has been interesting. So just based on certain interests. Uh, leisure travel being one, uh, a second, which is a brand that we're currently developing called Better Together Travel, which is geared towards the wedding, honeymoon, bachelor, bachelorette, you know, kind of part um, has, uh, has we've been able to, you know, kind of group like clients and, and start to program things and content a little bit more specific to them. Uh, but we're in the early innings, to be honest with you. This is just kind of the beginning of it. So much of our business has come from word of mouth and just connections that, that I have had. But um, we feel like this is a great service and we've, we've got a great, uh, you know, service level that we can provide to, to clients anywhere around the world, really. Um, we're not limited in any sort of geography. Um, and of course, the internet is the best way to do that, right? Or, or uh, social in, in any capacity. Yeah. So um, I, I look forward to, to expanding that. Um, I mentioned video. I think that's probably the next place where, where we want to be featured a little bit more. Um, course podcasts are, are fantastic and i know you you know been on clubhouse as well mm -hmm. just kind of getting out there and talking uh now i will say uh, i i went to my first in-person networking event in new york city uh, earlier this week and it was it was so great um i i'm a big fan of in-person networking i think that's where uh, that no like trust can happen so much quicker than uh, a zoom call or yeah. emails or whatever it might be so i'm really excited to to get back to that and uh, we, we've got some strategies in place for that too, but uh, social will always be a uh, part of the strategy and, and certainly for the leisure side, that, that kind of right. inspirational travel and discussion and vision um, is what we want to portray because we want to be on people's minds, yeah. inspire them and when they're ready, you know, we, we want to be the first person that they reach out to. Yeah, that's awesome. There's actually, um, there was a, a company out in, I think it was Arizona that was promoting vacations into like March and April last year before they closed down. And I, I direct messaged them saying, you know, maybe read the room a little bit it's traveling right now. You shouldn't really be promoting people coming to your resort as nice as it is, maybe wait a couple of months. Um, and then lo and behold, they took down that post. They said, thank you. And they reposted it several months later. And I pushed and, 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 shared it with my friends because I was appreciative of that company taking my my input um but it, it obviously can have averse side effects right when you're kind of tone deaf or sharing things that could could make people uncomfortable right if there's a pandemic maybe don't promote um side-by-side -side dining or non-socially distant dining um so it's social has the capacity of being impactful on, on both ends of the spectrum for sure. But especially with travel, you know, before I go to bed some nights, I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole of places I'd like to be. And uh, I'll text my friends and, and people like, you want to go here? Let's go here. Let's plan something here for next year. Um, so keep up with, with social because there's a million people like me who just want to have that dream of, of getting there. Right. Yeah. They talk about uh, revenge travel, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's been taken away from, from me for so long, but now I'm ready to just go crazy. Uh, yeah. We're seeing a big pickup in, in demand um, and it will continue to grow, but there, there's still a lot of hesitancy out there. 
and you mentioned kind of the the social aspect of social let's call it yeah uh, you know social responsibility even there was a interesting article in the, in the i think it was the journal actually um midway through the pandemic where somebody was basically condemning um travel agencies or anybody that was arranging travel for people during the pandemic uh, saying that they were being irresponsible or whatever it might be. And, and, and that's a really tough, that's a tough position, right? Uh, as a business owner in travel, if a client comes to me and says, I want to go somewhere, is it my you know, position to, to judge and say, well, I don't think you should do that or do right. I provide that service? So um, luckily, you know, I didn't have a lot of uh, personal issues with that, but um, I just think, you know, now it's, it's our job to help, help educate and, and point people in the right direction. And, um, ultimately, we want we want people to be happy, and and traveling makes a lot of people happy. So. Oh yeah, I cannot wait to get on an airplane. I don't even care if I'm in steerage. Just get me <laughs> get me somewhere that's not here. Sure. sure. Um, so, Ryan, the last question I ask of all of my guests is, what's your mission? What drives you? Well, I actually just alluded to it a little bit, but the the mission is to make our clients happy through travel. Uh, we want them travel and experiences. We want them to get out, experience the world, different cultures, different uh, energies, different music, foods, whatever it might be, whatever is passionate for them. We want to help facilitate that and, and get them out of there. When, when I look at why, why travel rings so true for me and, and you know, gets me energized, and it's, it's that aspect of, of the unknown, discovering new things, right? Meeting new people and being out in different areas. You look at when I, you know, when I was growing up, and I'm sure you, there, there were movies and magazines and things that you would see, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, one day I wish I would be able to go there. Now, literally, you can get anywhere in the world within 24 hours. Uh, it's possible, you know. Maldives, I, we're booking people there like crazy right now because it's one of those revenge places. Oh, yeah. I want to go. It's on my bucket list, right? So yeah. they can go, you know, and we can help facilitate that and. Um, we want to make it the best experience we can for our clients. So that, that's the mission for us. And, and that's what drives us. We love hearing the stories when our clients come back or seeing the posts and the pictures, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's where it's at. That's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Ryan. And for everybody listening, I have all of his information in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to him directly for your next adventure. Um, thank you, Ryan, for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Monica. Great talking with you.